everyone. Great to be here. Um, yeah, I won't talk too much about the youngies camp because if I start, you won't stop me. Um, just, I often say the youngies camp's a bit like, you know, in the Old Testament where they built the temple according to the Lord's structure and then the Lord's glory just filled it. It's going to be like the rally we've got coming up in June. You know, we have plans, we have a structure of time and sessions and speakers and those sort of things. But when we do it as unto the Lord and led by his spirit, then he just comes in and fills it up. And at the end of the weekend, you go, oh, that's what the Lord wanted to get through to us this weekend. Uh, And it's just a great thing. Um, We had uh, a smaller camp this time. The last couple of years have been about 350 or so, 330, 350. This year was about 150 or so. Um, and it was just really nice to spend a bit more time with people. 350 seems like you're sort of like it's, everything's happening so thick and fast. So it was really nice. Um, one thing um, I just want to mention that fits in with this talk. Um, I think Pastor Scott was mentioning about the simplicity um, of the gospel and um, Katie mentioned about the Holy Spirit being our fierce friend. I want to talk about the leading of the Spirit today and something that happened at the camp. Um, sometimes I think we can shy away from this sort of topic because sometimes the leading of the Spirit gets such bad press out there. Um, and yet, we're the people of God, we have this Holy Spirit, and the leading of the Spirit being led by the Spirit is one of the distinctive and distinguishing characteristics that makes our fellowship unique and what it is be God's people. Uh, one example of the leading of the Spirit, I want to give you a few examples as we go through here today. And if you're new here today, um, hopefully there's things in here that might spark a chord with you. There's a young girl, my brother actually was, um, my older brother was at our house on the Friday before camp and I was just about to leave to go down to Wollongong. And he wasn't going to come to camp this time for various reasons and then I just said, like, just come on, come down to camp, forget it, just come to camp. So he went home, packed his stuff and came down and on the way down to camp we were talking and he said, there's a girl that looks after my daughter at childcare and for two years, she's 19, for two years I've known I've got to talk to her about God. But I couldn't do it because it's sort of, you know, end of the day, childcare, etc., and we're talking and he just said, I really feel like I should ring her and invite her to camp. So he did. And she came down on the Sunday, got up at 5.30 in the morning to drive two and a half hours down to a camp where the only, I mean, I'd met her a couple of times picking up Sunday from daycare. The only person she sort of half or quarter knew was Colin. She brought a friend with her and um, they'd, they'd both been attending a, a Pentecostal church one of the mainstream ones. They came into the meeting and uh, just, it was a normal meeting for us. Pastor Al was giving this talk on the revelation of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost reveals something to you, you know it. And um, these girls, at the end, you were saying, who were those, which fellowship were those two girls from? Because they were like so responsive. I was preaching to them the whole time. They were just so into it and they were just soaking it in and and afterwards we had lunch and all the saints were just fantastic and um, and afterwards I said oh, well, do, you want to, um, do you want to just find a quiet spot and we'll get our Bibles out and look at a few verses 
because the teaching that they'd had on the Holy Spirit and on salvation was just all over the place. One of the girls said, oh, she was spirit-filled, this other girl, and she said, um, yeah, I, I personally believe that um, speaking in tongues is an additional gift, but I'm pretty sure the Bible says it's not, that you need it. And we said, yeah, well, let's look at what the Bible says. This other girl who was 19 was just confused and we just went through a few of the simple scriptures. We finished Acts 10 and 11 and this girl just broke down into tears and she said, how can I be a youth leader in my church when I don't have the power? And, you know, it was so great. You just, the word of God, you don't have to do all the convincing. You just get the word of God out. And what was great was, you know, if you sort of thought, well, I've been lead, being led to speak to you about the gospel for two years. But how about you get up on, at 5.30 in the morning on a Sunday and drive two and a half hours down the coast in the rain on Anzac Day kind of thing and, and hear it from people you hardly know. It just doesn't add up. But the Holy Ghost, when he moves, he moves. And uh, she knew she was meant to be there. And, uh, oh, just so many things came out. And, and this week we've been in contact a lot. And um, the Lord's just obviously moving. She's got so much opposition. Um, Her pastors were angry that we told her that. And we said, well, what verses did they use to counter what we said? And she said, oh, they didn't. And um, look, I love the gospel that we see from the scriptures. And it's not us who found it. It is the Lord who's revealed it to us. And we should be humbly honoured that he has trusted us with this. It was great hearing our brother, a new brother, just say, I just received the Holy Ghost. And we're out there preaching the Holy Ghost a lot, preaching salvation, repentance, being born of water and of the Spirit, entering the kingdom of God. And yet when we receive this Holy Spirit, that's when it really all starts, doesn't it? And that's why I want to talk about the leading of the Spirit today. So it's a simple refresher. I think in our lives, um, a lot of the time, we, we want to improve our life. You know, for me, it's like, oh, I want to get fit, you know, so I have to buy a new bike. But I should just ride the one I've got, you know, but I can see, oh, if I got smoother tyres, it'd be easier, you know, whatever. Um, but really, in our life, almost all the time, it's about making better use of what we've been given, isn't it? And spiritually speaking, that is absolutely true. What has God not given us? It's about using what he has given us more and seeing what he wants to do. You know, in, I also love in our fellowship and once you're born again, it's not about just one man leading. You know, it's not just about Pastor Scott having to be there every second of the day. We've got the leader, the Holy Spirit. He leads us and guides us. And what we find that's different to any other organisation, if you like, on the face of the earth, is that if we're led by the Spirit, then what we find is we're going in the same direction. We're fulfilling the same purpose, and that is God's purpose. It's not someone barking orders and always telling us. It's this Holy Spirit leading us, and we find we're at one when we're listening and being led of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 2 to start with. I'm going to try and use a, a simple analogy today of, of the leading of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Jesus spoke a lot about the Holy Spirit 
And uh, in Acts chapter 1, when he was just about, he'd been crucified and, and um, risen from the dead and uh, he was about to ascend up to the Father. He spoke specifically about the Holy Spirit and it indicates to me there he'd spent a lot of time talking to his disciples about it. But when we see in 1 Corinthians 2 here, in verse 3 to 5, verse 3, in Paul saying to the Corinthian church, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, hard times. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, when I think about the demonstration of the Spirit and power, I think of the Red Sea parting. I think of all those big deal things that left everyone gobsmacked. But when I look into this verse, it talks about here, if you look in the Amplified, it says that a proof by the Spirit of the power of God operating on me or through me and stirring in the minds and hearts of the hearers and thus persuading them so that their faith might stand in God and not in the wisdom of men. So when we have the Holy Spirit and we let the Holy Spirit, let him lead us in this life, it's not the big Red Sea miracles we're talking about yet. We'll see a bit more of that later on. But it is actually an internal thing. It's the Holy Spirit working on you and me and through us and thereby working, sparking something within that person that persuades them that these are the very words of God. We'll build this as we go through. So can you see what I'm saying? It's actually not us going out there thinking, okay, I need to talk to people next to the ocean so that I can part it just to convince them. It's not like that. As soon as we do that, it's on our shoulders and we're thinking, oh, you know, I can't do this. And yet some of the most miraculous things happen in small, quiet conversations that just happen, don't they? You talk to someone and and you realise God's been working on this person for a long time, like this young 19-year-old girl. I want to give you this analogy now. Years ago, a sister, young sister, um, recited this story of when she bought her first car, this old classic car, and it had an AM radio in it with the five preset stations, you know, the ka-chink, ka-chink, you know, none of the touch-button stuff like now. And she thought, well, they're the five stations I get with my car. She didn't realise you could change it and then preset and, and choose your own preset. She thought, well, they're the five stations, and she was happily enjoying those five stations. And what I liken this to, it's like us before we receive the Holy Spirit. We're out there in our life and all we're choosing from is the preset stations, aren't we, in life. And then what happens in our life is we're driving along and we hit a bump in the road, there's a song about this actually, and the radio changes stations momentarily. You imagine you're going on, you're listening to, you know, 60s rock and then bang John Coltrane comes smoothly out of the speakers and then back to 60s rock and you think hang on a sec like don't tell me there's something more out there on the wavelengths and what I mean by this is 
people who are out there walking in their life and they might have, like a lot of the mums talk about it. They say, when I had my first child, I thought there's got to be a God. Any mums can relate to that? Yeah? Or maybe it's, it's a time they sought the Lord and they prayed to the Lord even as a child and God answered their prayer and then nothing for 15 years. They're back to the preset stations. You know, these little moments in people's lives, maybe it is, maybe someone close to them passed away and in their time of just examining their mortality and their, within themselves, they turn to God and he gives them some, something, some hope or reassurance and they think there's something more out there. But then it clicks back to the five precepts. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think it's like when we hear the gospel, after we're born again, we suddenly think, I knew that my unit had more potential than the five presets. You know, I, I knew that somewhere in my heart or in my soul, there was a connection with something more, but I couldn't tune in. And there are people out there now who are fiddling with the dials and thinking, I know my unit has more potential than what I'm receiving now. And they are the ones that God is working on. And the Holy Ghost will lead us to those people. Let's go to John 16. John chapter 16. In John, it talks about how that people will be saved, but first, the Lord must draw them first to him. The Lord also draws us together with them we can speak the words of life. Let's start in verse 12, John 16, verse 12. This is talking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself. He says, I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Now remember at this point, his disciples were not filled with the Holy Spirit. They were, you know, for them I think it's quite amazing. They're doing the five presets on their little AM Radio, but around them is this man, Jesus Christ, who's introducing the constant download of miracles and teaching, and it must have been just full on. And he says, Now, I understand you can't really grasp the things I want to tell you. There's so much more I want to tell you. He says in verse 13, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. And he will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and will show it unto you. So this Holy Spirit that they were soon to receive was going to guide them and lead them and teach them and and glorify God. And like this um, receiver that we are, if you like, this AM radio, he would receive and he would transmit. Now, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we become a receiver. Not just of the Holy Spirit, but of this leading of God's Holy Spirit. This, this wavelength that's out there that is God's will. It's his purpose in this world. It's shaping us to who he wants us to be. 
It's comforting us, speaking to us in a way that we don't get off those five presets. It's a whole other channel. You know, how do we know if a radio is working? It's transmitting. It's receiving and it's transmitting. And it's the same with us. Now, we need to understand the difference between being that AM radio and going over a bump in the highway and this random one-off, you know, change of station and, oh, something else is out there, to becoming a receiver. You know, one lady who came to our fellowship recently, she, she thought we were saying to her, no, the Holy Spirit does nothing until you speak in tongues. That's not true. The Holy Spirit, he is out there in this world at this moment, drawing people unto salvation. He, is, he has a purpose. That is how we are here. Amen? It's how we're here. He has a purpose. And what he's doing is he's saying, well, who has the same spirit within them and who wants to do what I want to do? He knows his purpose. He is very single-minded, this Holy Spirit. And he says, oh, there's someone who wants to do what I want to do. Sorry about that. (laughs) And he goes, I can use that person. I've got a job for him or her to do. But the Holy Spirit has been working. And when we meet people and we start to share this gospel with them, don't be surprised if they're saying that they probably can't even process it. They, they put it down to the change in the station or once God answered my prayer or you're the third person in my path this week who said the same thing to me and it's slowly adding up and I can't deny it anymore. It's like the clouds lifting and they're understanding there's something more. But there's a big difference John, in, John, in John 14. Jesus talks about the difference between the Holy Spirit that was with them, moving, and the one that shall be in you. And Romans talks about the indwelling spirit. When God uh, revealed to John the Baptist, he said, you look for Jesus Christ being the one that the Holy Spirit descends and remains upon. Not comes and goes, not a brief change in the station, but the one who indwells. Once we become a receiver, when we've received this Holy Spirit and we're this unit that can now download and receive from God about his purpose, And he can lead us to do his will. It's a 24-7 station, isn't it? We can tap in, we can tune in. We can rest in the clarity of the message. We're no longer having to serve God through works and prove ourselves to him. We're no longer having to, you know, earn his favour or have this religious thinking. We can rest and allow the Holy Spirit to lead in our lives. However, many of us who are born again would go, but hang on, like you talking about going over the bump in the road and the station changing, that feels like my walk at the moment. And we've all been there. I absolutely have been there. You know, you think, oh, I'm not tuning in. Well, there's something else to do with the radio, and that is static and noise and tuning. You know? We can have the receiver, but we cannot be tuned in. Sometimes I think, um, who's been a time in their walk where they feel like they're listening to two stations at once? You've got the, 
the Coltrane coming out beautiful jazz, blue note stuff, and then you've got Britney pumping out here or, or some other music, and you're like, oh, I just wish I could turn them both off. Nothing would be better than the two fighting. We have that in our heads, don't we? It's like we're receiving two stations at the one time. Another situation we can be in is sort of like the tradesman scenario. Probably a few tradies here. My brother's a tradie. Um, And we can have a radio going in the background all day. At the end of the day, you say, oh, what did you hear on the radio? I don't know. It's just I have it on for noise. I would have thought the power saws and drills and all that would have been enough, but they have the radio on, but you don't remember any of it. And we can have times in our walk in the Lord like that too, where the Spirit is beaming out this message and it's like background noise to us because we're doing something else. The point is we're not to get condemned. It doesn't change the fact that we are a receiver of God's message. We can tune back in. We can remove the noise from our station. We're going to have a look at a a scripture just now. 2 Timothy, let's go there, chapter 2. I guess what's great about when we look at the leading of the Spirit is there's no one in our fellowship that can be or has the potential to be led more than anyone else. We all have the one Spirit. We can be led to do God's purpose just the same as anyone else. And if we've tuned out, we can tune back in again. You know, in our walk in the Lord, sometimes we'll tune in, we get a healing. Then we tune out again because we've got a healing. We're all right now. I've done that, you know, lots of times. You tune in because you've got to write a talk. And when I was younger, uh, you know, they go, oh, you've got to give a talk. I'd go, <gasps> you know, quick, Lord, save me, you know. And you tune in, you give your talk, and then afterwards you go, oh. and then you sort of, You get back to the noise and the static. But what we know is when we tune in, the good stuff is on that station, isn't it? The highlights of our life are on that station. Let's have a look um, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. It says here, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And then he goes on and, and speaks about this, this analogy, this parable here. But in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honour and some to dishonour. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honour, sanctified or set apart, and meet for the master's use prepared unto every good work and he goes on there and he says um, flee also youthful lusts but follow righteousness faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart but foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strifes now these verses here I've had people in the past say to me oh yeah, you know, God creates people of different levels in his church. Some people are just made of clay or someone's the wooden spoon in the house of God, you know. 
and then there's other people who are, who are better, made of silver. That person doesn't read their Bible properly. What these verses tell us is God makes us as a vessel unto honour. We choose how he can use us by preparing ourselves for his use. That's what it is. Now, we can look at those verses and we can say, if a man purge himself of these things, if we, if we use what the Lord has given us to deal with the sin in our lives, which we all have, if we employ every effort to walk in the Spirit, if we, we gather together with those that call on the, Lord, on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart in fellowship, we become ready for the Master's use, fit for his purpose when he needs something done. This is not about hierarchy. God does not create division in his church. He creates us as vessels under honour. And we can read these verses and we can think, oh, oh, you know, that's not me. You know what's great? Is he's showing us how to be that vessel that is fit for his use. He's showing, he's revealing to us, just do this, this and this. Just keep, you know what he's saying here? Is all these, don't go youthful lusts and all these things that, that war against us. He's saying avoid those things because they create static. They create noise on your channel. He's saying avoid those things and you'll hear clearly. You'll see clearly what the Holy Ghost wants to do and use you for. So we become born again. We're a receiver. We're led by God, but we're also useful to God when we hear clearly on his station. Useful. There's a purpose. The leading of the Spirit is the start of great things. We, um, we won't go there um, now. There's a whole lot of other scriptures we can look at. I just want to mention um, a couple of examples. I might have shared this one here before, but there's a couple of other ones as well. Um, we were in Tasmania over Christmas, the year before last, and, and I really, on Christmas Day, it was kind of weird, Boxing Day maybe, I felt, I've got to ring this brother. This brother was currently out of fellowship, just about to come back into fellowship, and the Lord had been teaching him some great stuff. I found out when I rang him. I rang him up, and we just straight away, straight into fellowship, straight into talking about the leading of the Spirit. And he was talking, we were talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit doesn't make you do anything or force you or shout at you. It's like a little suggestion. Why don't you do that? Maybe you should call that brother or sister. Or here's a little bit of insight. When we follow that little suggestion, the message becomes louder, becomes clearer. There's more direction. There's, okay, this is what you need to do when you get there, kind of thing. It's not about a booming voice. I've never heard God's voice. You know, vocal cords going and trees being flattened by the loud voice, you know, like you expect. But the Spirit has certainly led me, and He's led you all as well. But this brother was talking and he said, Oh, you know, for three months we bought a house a while back. And for three months I've been wanting, I know I've got to go talk to this lady, this mortgage broker. The, the Lord just brought us together with her and she did all this stuff and, and the house, the way it all came together. I want to go and tell her that God used her and I want to go and tell her about the gospel because I think what the Lord did in this process was undeniable. And he was saying, for three months I've been wanting to do it and I haven't got around to it. I wrote her name in my diary yesterday. And I said, well, go and do it tomorrow. Go and see her tomorrow 
and follow it through. Anyway, we were talking on and um, I remembered, I thought, oh, I've got an example where I felt the Spirit was leading me as well. A week before that, I was in Erin Affair just before Christmas, the shopping centre, and you just want to get in and get out um, at that time of year because it's just psycho shopping going on. And I'd been wanting to go to the bank for a couple of months and say, my interest rate on my credit card's too high, can you please reduce it? And I didn't know what they were going to say. And anyway, this day I'm walking through and I'm with Bank West, so a couple of months before they didn't have any outlets that opened up up the east coast, but I didn't know where. Walking through this mall and that little suggestion, you should go to the bank today. So I stopped right in the middle of the mall and I was thinking, well, I don't even know where the bank is. I turned around and there was the bank. So then it was like, you should go in. And so I said, okay, I will, out loud, which I don't normally do, all right? And people walking around might have thought that's really weird. So I went in and I said to the guy at the counter, you know, I know this, I haven't got an appointment, but, you know, is there someone I can talk to? And he said, oh, this lady's just had a cancellation. You can go in and see her. So I went into this booth talked to her for five minutes about money and then she gave me these sort of prods to talk about the gospel and I kept thinking oh it's work time and you know and then she just landed me with one was too obvious so I went into talking about the gospel for 25 minutes we talked about the gospel had the bible out in this little fishbowl thing you know in the bank and she was just asking more and more questions she could she said I can see that that God's, you know, my husband's really looking for this and all these different things just were pouring out. And, and I was thinking, oh, is everyone, you know, I, I didn't sort of care about anyone else out there, but it was just amazing. And I thought, the Lord has really led me in here. And anyway, I had to come and sign some more papers the next day, so I brought Katie in. And I thought, well, great, Katie can talk to her as well. We start talking, signing the forms, we start talking about the Lord again. Same thing happened. Partway through, her husband rang up on the mobile and she said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about that tonight. You need to talk to this guy about God. So I'm on her mobile phone, walking around the bank, signing forms and talking to this guy about the Lord. And I was just thinking, this is so of the Lord. You know, the spirit leading. When I finished telling this story to this brother, he said, her name's Bridget, isn't it? It was the lady that he had felt led to go and talk to this mortgage broker for three months I'd been in to talk to her already in that fashion now what we get a glimpse if this brother and I had not been having fellowship we wouldn't have discovered what the leading of the spirit and God's purpose was for this woman would we? we wouldn't have known in fellowship we discover the things that the Lord is leading his purpose we get glimpses you know, of something even more that's beaming out on the station, you know? Another one. On January long weekend this year, we had an outreach on the uh, peninsula, central coast. A couple of weeks before, um, I was doing the pamphlet for the outreach and I was just tired at night and I thought, I'm going to grab the copy from this pamphlet and put it on this one and we'll run with it because it's one we always use. Anyway, so I sent it through to the house leader in my area because I thought I'll see what he reckons and sent it through to him 10.30 at night and he says I like the design but the wording's wrong and so I sent one email back saying well what should the words be and he said well I don't know they're just wrong and I was like but they're the ones we always use 
Anyway, so I thought, no. I'll kneel down and I'll have some prayer and say, Lord, what words would you like on the pamphlet? Some words came to mind. So I put them on the pamphlet and sent it off. The day after the outreach, a lady rang up and she said, I got one of your pamphlets and I read the words and as soon as I read the words, the words hit my heart and I have to get baptised. She has since been baptised and is attending our fellowship now. God knew what words she would respond to. The whole thing was for her and for others that I don't know yet. But it just shows you, like, this brother didn't know what the words should be and I actually honestly had not prayed to the Lord and asked him what they should be. But together, the Lord revealed what he wanted to have happen. One more example. There was a lady who, and all of you would have many examples like this. There was a lady who, for 10 months was working in an office upstairs. Pastor Scott's been to our office. She was working in a company upstairs from us. And it was a bit of a horrible situation upstairs. And, and she used to, one day she came and knocked on our door and she said, oh, can I just come in for a minute? Because you guys are different from up here. And I thought, okay, here we go. This is good. She came in and for the next sort of 10 months, 9 or 10 months, she come downstairs. She used to call our office heaven because we'd get the Bible out, we'd pray with her, we'd talk to her about God. And it was such a contrast from upstairs. It's not heaven, we rarely clean it. But she comes downstairs and she hears these good things. She hears testimonies of God working. And anyway, she said, I'm going to come to a meeting. After nine or ten months, she said, I'm going to come to a meeting on this Sunday. And her best friend got baptised at this other Pentecostal church and she went there. And on the Monday, I was so like, come on, Lord, you could have got the address right. We've been working on this for like nine or ten months. Anyway, she starts attending this other church and that's a whole other story. But the Lord is still wanting to work there because then we lost contract. She, a contact. Her contract finished. For three months, I kept ringing her, going, you know, let's, we need to get together and talk because the other church wasn't telling her everything that was in the Bible. Anyway, she didn't return my calls and it was going on and on. This particular Friday, I thought, I've got to ring her again. In the morning, I woke up and it was just on my mind. So I rang her, got her voicemail again. And then two hours later, Katie, my wife, rang me and said, I've got good news. She said, I was in a park, like a long way from our house. And our kids, two boys, were playing with these other two kids. And their dad was there. And he kept coming over to me and it felt like he was going to witness to me and talk to me about God. So she said, I'll talk, I thought I'll talk to him first. So she starts talking to me about the Lord and he keeps coming back for more. And then this lady walks over who'd been on her mobile phone and sits down and they start talking. And anyway, the short story is that this was the lady that I'd called that morning. Both Katie and they were 35 minutes from our homes and everything that Katie had said to this woman when she started talking to her about the Lord was everything that I knew I had to say that morning to her if I could possibly get her on the phone and Katie rings me and tells me oh, I've told her it all don't worry like and I was like oh, I rang her just two hours ago and the man had been delivering fruit and veg to our home every fortnight for about a year and a half but Katie had never met him but she did in the park that morning. You know, it's just the Lord works and the Spirit leads and we get a glimpse, don't we?
when we're used of him. Something just quickly, closure versus obedience. It takes faith to be led of the Spirit. We want to be in the last step of the process, don't we? We want to be there when the person goes, I want to get baptised, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. But we could be step 328,000 of 500,000, couldn't we? Or we might have the privilege of being step 7, 8, 9 and 10 of 10 steps. But our God wants us to listen to his Holy Spirit and obey, tune in and take steps in faith. We can trust this Holy Spirit he's given us. He is our best friend. In Acts 16, we won't go there, but the Spirit in there actually told them not to do something. said, don't go here, don't go there. Sometimes we feel that. You know, doors are closing in, in different directions. And then on the third time, they go into Macedonia, they meet this lady, Lydia, and her whole house gets born again. We as people love to see instant results. But God wants people who want to serve him and listen to his spirit. Acts chapter 8. Let's finish here. We're going to skip quickly through this. Some bits in Acts chapter 8. I've got to say that Acts chapter 8 is probably one of my favourite, I'll put one of my favourite chapters in the scriptures. Now remember how I was saying before that God creates vessels unto honour and we can look at different points and we can think, oh, this is what I've been doing yesterday, this menial task, if you like. What it means is today, God can use us for far more. Philip's an example of that. He was serving on tables. In Acts chapter 8, he's called Philip the Evangelist. God's using him. He's listening to the Spirit And the Lord's just shaping his ministry into what he wants him to do. Acts chapter 8. Let's go to verse... hmm. Let's start in verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. The people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. talks about unclean spirits, crying with loud voice coming out of many that were possessed with them, sickness being healed, many taken with palsies, them that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. talks about a certain man um, named Simon here, which we won't go into now. Um... Verse 11, verse, sorry, verse 12. When they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So these people started to respond to the gospel and be born again, baptized. Simon, they get born again as we go. Um, Simon himself believed also. And then the apostles arrived on the scene. And. Um, who when that verse 15 when they come down prayed for them that they might receive the holy ghost for as yet he was fallen on none of them only they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus when they laid hands on them they received the holy ghost and on it goes from here from this point the spirit is still leading philip and it says go into the desert 
and he preaches to this Ethiopian guy out there in the desert in his chariot who's already reading the word of God. And at the end of the chapter, the spirit catches Philip up and takes him to a totally other, another place, miles and miles and miles and miles away. Now, when I look at this chapter, I think the leading of the Spirit is a constantly tuning thing. You know, Philip could have said, oh, look, signs and wonders. You know, the first few steps he preaches, they, people start getting healed and there's great joy. And look, let us never be a church that stops there. I think there are many, many people that have their tuning with too much static and noise going on today. All their focus is on the signs and wonders. And yet the signs and wonders are about step two or three of what God wanted to do. And what he wanted to do with signs and wonders was bring people to salvation. And Philip could have said when the Spirit's leading him, you know, no, no, I don't want to go out into the desert. It's hot out there. I don't know. The apostles have just arrived. We want to catch up. There's, there's a lot of good cafes in Samaria. I want to just stay here and be amongst the action. But no, the Spirit's leading him. No, the Lord's saying, no, I've got another one. I've got another one who's out there and he's on his own. I want you to go and speak to him. You know, when the Lord says to us by the Spirit, go to the desert, are we willing to go? What we learn to do is trust this Holy Ghost, the leading of it. He's going to bring comfort. He's going to bring life in our life and healing. He's going to open the word to us. He's going to give us all the things that we don't have. You know, in this situation, I think I can, I can look at what a lot of people would have done. They would have said, you know, the sceptics would have looked at this story of, of Acts 8 and said, oh, no, no, you know, the whole thing was a mirage. It wasn't real. It's just a Bible story. It's a fairy story. You know, you would have had religion saying, quick, you know, let's get some of the water that the Ethiopian was baptised in and, and we'll sell it as holy water. You know, their focus and their tuning would have been way out. And then there would have been others who would have said, you know, oh, let's just focus on the, holy, on, on the signs and wonders. Let's get caught away in the spirit and all emotional kind of thing. And they would have missed the purpose of what God was wanting to do. The purpose that the Holy Spirit is leading them to do. To save souls. To grow souls. To not let one be left. So we're God's people now. To be led of the Spirit requires faith. We've become receivers. And as we reduce the static and the noise in our lives, God's will becomes really clear. It's not that we're not a receiver. We are a receiver. We can tune straight in. Reduce the static in our lives. Our eyes on this world. Our eyes on the fear of a sickness. You know, I often think... When we're seeking God for a healing, the first overcoming we have to do is to put our trust in God and not fear this illness, not fear this situation. Put our trust in God. Philippians, Katie pointed this one out to me recently. Philippians says, you know, to bring our needs before him in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. And because we've given it to our God, then the peace of God can rule in our hearts and our minds. If you haven't received the Spirit, if you have not received God's Holy Spirit today and you can relate to this thing of going over a bump in the highway and hearing something more, if you feel inside 
that your tuna, your unit was made for more than just living and dying and going through all this in this life, then you're right. God has called you here today to hear the gospel, to be born again. Respond to this today and you'll discover there's a channel out there with different content, powerful content, straight from God. You know, we discover gems in fellowship. That's why we've got a fellowship together. Don't expect the Spirit to force us. We've got to create space in our day to listen. It's the uniqueness of our church and the simplicity. And what it means is that a church that is 2,000 years old still is doing God's purpose, still is alive and purposeful and is being guided by God himself. Amen.